What a beautiful morning to be in the house of the Lord, yes? Uh, I just remind us as we gather here in this space that um, we come in anticipation of expecting uh, Christ's presence. Uh, We come in anticipation that uh, the Spirit will move within us and among us so that um, we might be changed and transformed and sent forth into the world to make a difference in the lives of other people. And so I invite you to stand, and uh, as we, as the light comes forward, and we celebrate Christ's presence among us this morning. Praise, praise, praise the Lord, praise God's holy name, hallelujah. Praise, praise, praise the Lord, praise God's holy name, hallelujah. 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 And now remain standing as we join our voices together in O Church of God United. I remind you to fill out the attendance sheets. Any joys or concerns that you have, please put those on the back. Um, as we gather together, one of the things that we do is uh, we, we gather to join our voices together in prayer as we uplift the joys and the concerns within our community and the world. I encourage you um, to, um, to take home the blue sheet, which has all of the joys or concerns, and lift up these folks in uh, prayer, not just this day, Uh, but throughout the week. Um, I remind you that uh, this week, uh, Debbie Hefner is having her surgery, so we especially want to lift her up this week as she has surgery. And then, um, you know, I've been told that one of the traditions of this church is, is, um, is that of lighting a Paschal candle, and hopefully I can do that, 
And the tradition is, is that when uh, one from our community has, uh, has died and passed on, that we light the candle uh, to be reminded uh, of their contributions and of their uh, presence among us in community. And I, I think most folks know that, uh, but maybe not, that John Rogers passed away this week. And we will be doing his funeral service here at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, and visitation will be at the funeral home um, on Tuesday night. Uh, but let us, especially as we, as we uh, go to the Lord in prayer, let us remember John and Ruth, their faithful service uh, to this community, and the fact that we, um, we celebrate that nothing separates us from God's love, not even death. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, as we gather in this space, remind us of your presence among us. Help us in this time to set aside those things that distract us so that we might bring your presence into focus in our time together in worship so that we might be ever mindful of your presence with us each and every day and each and every moment. You told your, your church that as we gathered, uh, that we were to lift up each other in prayer, that we were to share our concerns and our joys, and in all to take these to you. And so as we gather here, we lift up the many within a congregation who um, are struggling with sickness or illness or just need your healing touch. We pray for the many within our congregation who find themselves in a, in a phase of life where they just no longer are able to participate with us on an ongoing basis and, um, and just not able to do the things that they used to do. We pray for them and for their caregivers. We pray for those this week who uh, know that they have uh, surgery, especially lifting up Debbie and, and others in the congregation, um, that you, you would be with doctors and nurses uh, that attend to them and that you would give a family, a, um, a sense of peace that all is in your hands. We pray especially, Lord, for the Rogers family on this day. Uh, we pray, Lord, that um, in, in this week as we uh, both grieve over the loss of a dearly loved one and celebrate that life, that you would uh, be among us, that you would begin to help um, all with this journey of grief. Um, as we discover that uh, you are present even in the midst of death and that, um, that your love surrounds us and embraces us. Gracious God, we pray for all of the concerns um, that go named and those that go unnamed within the congregation. We pray, Lord, for the world and for our community. We pray for your churches throughout the world, that indeed, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would indeed enable us and gift us and send us forth so that we might be a light in the world, so that we might bring uh, healing and hope and wholeness into uh, a broken world. And Lord, even though we, um, we see so much that we um, want to offer up to you to change, we, that we also Offer up to you, Lord, our joys. Uh, we are so thankful for those places where we have seen you at work in the midst of community uh, this week. We give thanksgiving for an opportunity uh, to gather together to worship and share. We give uh, thanksgiving for those places where folks have, have been uh, within the community serving and caring and being a light for you. We give thanksgiving, Lord, that even in the midst of death, we see you at work as people come alongside um, families, walking with them, uh, giving them support and encouragement. We give thanksgiving, Lord, for your presence with us. Continue to shape us and form us, Lord. Forgive us for those times when we fail to be the people that you call us to be. And by your Holy Spirit, work within us, shaping us and forming us, so that as we go forth from here this week, we may indeed be your people, sharing and reflecting your love and your grace. And so now we join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And now let us stand and join our voices together again as we sing Christ for the world we sing. Still not on. There we go. I'm not patient enough. I invite the children to come forward. You all are welcome to greet those that are around you as they come forward. Hey there, Miss Lily. All right. Good morning, kids. Good morning. Okay, so I have a question. How many of you guys know what this thing is? What is it? It's a globe. What's a globe do? What's it doing, Adeline? It shows the earth. So it shows all the different places on earth, doesn't it? So last week, whenever we were up here, do you remember that Pastor Dan helped, had you guys help sing and do the actions for I Am The Church? And this week, we're going to do the song, same song, I Am The Church. It goes, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. So now, when we talk about the church, most of us think of, like, I always talk about my church family, and I'm talking about all of you guys, and all of those guys are all part of our church family. That's a really big church family. But that's not all of God's church family. So when we talk about the United Methodist Church, because we're part of the United Methodist Church, do you know how many places there are for the United Methodist Church? So I want you guys to help me kind of get an idea of how big, when we talk about the United Methodist Church, it is. So I want to talk about some different places, and I want somebody to help put their fingers on the spots in the globe. So first of all, we all know that there's a United Methodist Church in Cameron, Missouri, don't we? So who wants to put their finger on Cameron, Missouri? All right, Adeline, come on up here. So we've got Missouri right here. So can you put it on that little pink state right there? So they've got it in, in Missouri. We have got United Methodist Churches in Africa. So who wants to put their finger on Africa? Callan, you want to come over here? Go ahead, keep your finger on, on Missouri. Okay, we don't want to lose where we're at. Let's do South Africa. So let's come down here somewhere in South Africa. Yep, there. Yeah, that's right here. Here's South Africa. Um, we've got United Methodist Churches in Europe. Who wants to put a finger on France? Let me find France while we're talking about it. Okay, France is right here. It's kind of a... There you go. And Russia. Who wants to put their finger on Russia? All right, come on up. Let's put a finger on Russia. Now, Russia's huge, so you can pick a spot over anywhere in there you want to do. Um, now, United Methodist churches aren't all just United Methodist churches. We've got a lot of other churches associated with the United Methodist Church that have got some different names. So we've got some in China. So who wants to come be China? You want to be China, Grady? All right, come on up here. Let's find China. All right, we've got some China going on right here. And we've got Australia. Who wants to be on Australia? Come on up here. Let's find Australia. All right, we're going to have to squeeze in here between these guys to get into Australia. And who wants to go to Hawaii? A lot of us want to go to Hawaii. Who wants to put a finger on Hawaii? 
come on up here and be in Hawaii. <laughs> All right, I'm starting to get really squeezed in here. Do we have any other good spots to put things that I don't have anywhere? Oh, we're missing, yeah, we've got some stuff going on over here. Come on over here, come on up here. We're gonna put it in, I know we've got a lot of United Methodist churches in like Puerto Rico, which I think, I'm not good with where it's at. I think it's right around in here. There we go, that's a good spot. So we've got United Methodist churches or things associated with United Methodist churches in a lot of spots, because right now we're circling the globe, aren't we? Now, I want all of you guys that are doing, having a finger on a United Methodist church to step backwards a little bit. I want all of, and go ahead and take your fingers off and take another step backwards. I want all of you guys that didn't get to touch a spot to come up here and touch a place that you think there might, so go come up here and touch the globe. Touch, put one finger on there and touch the globe for me. Okay, go touch my globe. So just touch a spot on the globe because there's United Methodist churches, but there's also, you know what, is the, oh, go in anywhere. It doesn't matter where you touch Xander. So come up and touch the globe. So we know that God loves the United Methodist Church, don't we? But does God love a lot of other churches too? Yeah. So now everybody that's touched a spot, I want all of you guys to step back and make a big circle around it. So everybody should be in one big circle. All right. Because God loves all the United Methodist churches, which are in all kinds of places. But you know what? He also loves those other churches that are Christian churches. Like across the street, we have the First Christian Church. And over this other direction, we got the Catholic Church that are just really close to us. And the Baptist Church is a really big church in town. But God loves lots of people. And he loves a lot of the people where you guys just touched. So I want us to say a prayer for those people that were under our fingers wherever we just touched. Because all of us touched somewhere and we know my globe is really tiny and our fingers are a lot bigger. I know that, Adeline, you were my first one, weren't you, that was touched in Missouri. We know when we try to get her to touch Cameron, Missouri, she touched like all of North Missouri. And so she touched a lot more than just the people that are inside this building. So we know that all of us touched somebody was under where our finger is. So I want us to say a prayer for him. Can you guys hold hands and make one big circle? Okay, dear Lord, just as we have surrounded this globe, we know that you surround this world with your love. Thank you. Help us to show your love to the people close to us and those that are far from us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before we offer our musical offering this morning, just very quickly, as Pastor Dan uh, shares with us and talks to us about the nature of the church, this particular musical offering was written in the wake of the tragic shootings at the AME uh, Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And if the church is anything, even in difficult times, the church has to be love. And so our message this morning, in the wake of tremendous sorrow, we choose love.
Amen. You know how some songs, that song was beautiful when you did it Wednesday night, and you put it in that context, and it becomes powerful. Thank you all for sharing that. Well, last week, I started talking about uh, church, and we talked a little bit about um, understanding what the purpose and and the mission of uh, church is, in hopes of, um, if we understand better the purpose and why church exists, we can then begin to talk about um, who is the church, or uh, what does it mean to be uh, the church, you know, often when we, when we talk about church, we, we use words like family and community and, and words like that, right? Um, often when we talk about church, we use words like that. But often, uh, it seems to me, when we, when we talk about church, even when we use those words, that um, our attitude toward church so often is that what we really are is we're this community of individuals that gather together on uh, Sunday mornings and maybe a few other times, but we're uh, a community of individuals that gather together um, to have our own private, individual, um, spiritual needs met. Isn't that sometimes how we think of church in reality? We think of ourselves as individuals who are just gathering together to have our own needs met. We think of the church as an organization where we expect to have our spiritual wants catered to. Too often, I think, if we're honest with ourselves, we often see the church uh, like a spiritual health club. Uh, We show up and we have all of these options of of different equipment that we can use that will help us grow in our own spiritual formation. And if the health club, if the spiritual health club has the things that we need in which we grow in our own spiritual development, we're happy. Um, And if they don't, we go find another place that has the kind of equipment uh, that we want. See, it seems that often our view of church is shaped more by our culture than we want to admit. Our view of church is shaped by our individualism and our consumerism. We often think of the church as a place where we as individuals gather together and we consume or we receive, even when we talk about the church as being a family. I think that's the, uh, the um, metaphor that I hear most folks say. Uh, I go to that church because we're one big family. I have never met a church who doesn't claim to be one big family. And usually, even when we talk about that, though, it's because I feel welcomed. My needs are met. It's a place where I feel like I belong. And while it is important that the church uh, has this sense of family and this sense of belonging, there's much more to being a community and a family uh, than simply me and Jesus or me, Jesus, and my Bible um, with a bunch of other folks who are about me, Jesus, and my Bible. And so um, I thought it might be uh, beneficial for us to take a look at how um, Scripture describes the church, and specifically uh, some words that uh, Paul uses in Roman, Romans chapter 12. And so if you have your Bibles, I, I invite you to turn there. We're going to read uh, from Romans 12, 1 through 17. And so pay attention. When Paul talks about the church, um, how does he speak about the church? So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercy, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. 
We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devote yourselves to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. Bless people who harass you. Bless and don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you're so smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. Everyone with ears to hear, hear and respond to the word of God this day. Oh, where do I start with that passage? You got a couple hours? We could, uh, we could spend all day looking at that passage. Uh, but um, I wanted to um, think about the, the two metaphors that he uses there. He talks about the church as being a body, and he talks about the church as being a family. Um, and in all of the um, expressions of the church that we see in Scripture, there is this emphasis on relationship. Uh, the church is all about relationships, but the question is, is, is what kind of relationship are we in when we are seeking to carry out the purposes of God's kingdom? Well, Paul starts out with this image of the body. Uh, indicating very clearly that we are not just a people who gather together as disconnected individuals who, who come here for just our own personal needs. Uh, when he talks about the, the body, he, he says that uh, the church, the local congregations, uh, gather together to share their gifts that each person who gathers in the midst of a congregation has gifts and talents that they contribute. The church is a gathering of diverse people who come together in a unified common goal of participating in changing lives by offering healing and hope and wholeness. And in order for the church, any church, to be effective, all of those who gather together in a local congregation commit to work together as a body, each discovering their own purposes and gifts and talents and fulfilling the function and the role so that this organism called the church can thrive. That's a pretty different picture than we often think of the church, isn't it? It's a different picture of a bunch of individuals gathering together just for our own needs. It paints this picture that, yes, we need to grow in our own relationship with each other and with God. But as we are doing that, we are called to discover how God has gifted us. And how God empowers us so that as a community or that so that we can truly create a life-giving community that makes a difference in the lives of other people because we are united by Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, the other uh, metaphor that Paul uses is this, this idea of a family. In verse 10, he says, love each other like members of your family. Now, I got to tell you, I always uh, um, scratch my head when churches talk about uh, uh, their, their description of family, okay? Uh, I mean, a family means that we all love each other, we all get along, we stand around the campfire and we sing kumbaya. Isn't that often how we talk about family when we talk about the church? And, and of course, that's why people outside the church hear us talk that way, and then they look at us and they go, hmm, that's what, they don't look like that. Yes? And, but that's okay. I mean, because, I mean, my family didn't look like that. Maybe yours did. Maybe your family was always holding hands, singing kumbaya, always getting along. Is that, is that how it is? You all that are, oh yeah, you, how come you all, kids and mothers and dads are laughing? Um, that's not how it is, is it? A, a family is not just a place where we get along and we belong. It's also a place where we are shaped and formed, isn't it? Um, family is not just about everybody getting along and loving each other. Certainly the love has to be there or the family wouldn't survive, would it? Um, a family is a place where we have this sense of belonging that, that no matter how stupid of things we might do, uh, we're still going to be loved and cared for. Yes? Teenagers, aren't you glad about that? I know when I was a teenager, I was glad that that's the way it was. Uh, family is the place uh, where we know that we uh, don't have to hide anything. We can be who we truly are and know that we are loved. Family is the place where I could make mistakes and learn from my mistakes. Family was a place where I was allowed to grow up and to mature. Um, well, as much as I've matured anyway. Uh, Deb might argue whether or not my mom still needs to do some work. But family is this place where we are allowed to, uh, to grow into our adulthood, to grow and to be mature and to become uh, a productive, effective people. See, family is not just about loving one, one another. Um, you, you know, my brother, uh, he, he loved me in an interesting way. Um, of course, I could say I loved my younger sister in an interesting way, but we won't talk about that. Um, but my brother, um, he, he caught me um, uh, trying out cigarettes when I was, I think I was 10 or 11, right? Um, and I was like, oh, gosh, don't tell mom. Now, you're not getting off the hook. Uh, so he told my mom. Yeah, that was not pretty. I never smoked another cigarette. Never, te never tested another cigarette. Um, you see, he was being family. He was loving me and caring for me because he knew that that would be bad for me. A and so um, he was looking out and caring for me. He was holding me uh, accountable and being a good big brother. So you see, family's not all about this warm and fuzzy feeling. It's not all about uh, um, having no conflict or no disagreement. But what it is, is it is a place where we can be ourselves, where we can disagree, where we can learn, and where we can make mistakes, and where we experience love without pretending, is the way Paul puts it. We experience love without pretending. We experience genuine love. That's what it really means to be family. And when the church is really God's household or God's family, that's how we then feel. We know that we can be a part of a community that embraces us wherever we might be, which accepts us as we are, and yet patiently and graciously encourages us to become what we could be as a disciple of Jesus Christ. 
graciously and encouragingly uh, allowing us to mature and to grow so that indeed we become people who look more and more like Jesus. Now, is that a different picture of the church than what we often think about? I, I really think it is. Um, I think in our world, we are just so into this individualistic, consumeristic society that so often that's how we look as a church and how we think about And so I invite us today, as we uh, think about what it means to be a local congregation, uh, when we talk about community, may those not just be words that we uh, throw around lightly, but may they be words that cause us to give pause and ask ourselves, how am I contributing to making Cameron United Methodist Church a life-giving community? A community where people are welcome. Did you catch later in Paul's letter in 12 that one of the things of being a life-giving community is not just that we come and we gather together and our own needs are met and that we love one another, but that we are called to welcome the stranger. We are called to create space for those who are far away from God, that they might become a part of this congregation and they might not be judged because they're further away from Christ than where we are, but they might find a life-giving community in which they are given the opportunity to make mistakes and to mess up and to get it wrong all the while being invited and encouraged and challenged to grow in their relationship with Christ so that they, like us, might discover their talents and their gifts. And rather than worrying about getting, might generously share of their gifts So that as the body of Christ, as Cameron United Methodist Church, we might, with our diverse gifts, work towards a common goal. The goal of inviting and encouraging and challenging more and more people to connect with God and us so that they might discover and enjoy the loving presence of God just like we enjoy. So that we might gather together our resources, inviting and welcoming people wherever they might be while we invite and encourage and challenge one another to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus and one another so that indeed we might be changed and we begin to look more and more like Jesus every day. May we be a life-giving community that doesn't just gather as individuals uh, to get and to worry about our own spiritual formation, but as we are formed in shape and as we grow, may we recognize that we are not the church of Jesus Christ until we go empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in the lives of other people in our community and the world. When we do all of those things, when we connect and when we grow and when we go, we are the church of Jesus Christ. May it be so in our lives this day. Amen. I invite our ushers to come forward. How many of y'all were here last week, stayed after worship last week? Just show of hands. Okay, how many of you heard what was said after worship last week and wish you were here? Um, One of the things we talked about, um, we talked about finances, yes? For those who weren't here, um, I told you all um, we need a sense of urgency but not a sense of panic. 
Let me tell you um, that um, some folks within the congregation responded this week, and we have received significant contributions um, that will create a a reserve fund uh, that will allow the rest of us to continue to reflect and listen to God and how God might challenge us to give a little bit more monthly so that contributions match expenses. And so um, I am tremendously encouraged uh, by those who have stepped forward uh, to give us some breathing room. So there's certainly no reason to panic now, but don't get comfortable either, okay? (laughs) Well, I challenge you. Uh, Remember, this is the time for you to offer your tithes and your gifts, but what it truly is, is a time for you to offer your whole selves, to offer up all that you have and all that you are to God, and say, God, how is it that you can use me and my gifts and my resources for your kingdom work? You're invited to offer that to God this day. Come forward. We give thanksgiving for both the gift and the giver. Indeed, Lord, as we open up our hands and we offer all that we have and all that we are to you, may we know that you will bless it and it will be enough to do your kingdom work. In Christ's name, amen. Now remain standing as we sing, We Are the Church, Uh, verse 1.
ShareFest is coming up soon. That means our paper, the community events are coming up as well. We're going to be at Walmart on September 21st and Cameron Market on October 5th collecting paper goods to go to local charities. There are sign-up sheets in the entryway out at the welcome desk. Take a moment, stop by and sign up. Thank you. I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? Galatians 6:2 says, "Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ." If you would like to talk to a Stephen minister or if you are feeling called to become a Stephen minister, please contact Pastor Dan or Pastor Kobe or call the church office. A Stephen Minister training class will be forming soon. Youth group meets on Sunday nights from 7 to 8.30 p.m. We will also have a youth Bible study on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. See you there. I, got, I have a couple of their announcements. Number one is, um, I think many of you know that Charles and Shirley Acoff are, are, um, are in the midst of moving. Um, I've been told that um, from 1 to 4 today at their house at 306 Crimson Court, they, they had a yard sale this weekend, but from 1 to 4 they've opened it up to anybody in the church who just wants to come, everything's free. Uh, it just wants to come. If you would like to have something, to, you're welcome to do that. And then the last thing I want to remind you of is 6.30 tonight. Um, if you're interested or you think you might be interested in small groups, uh, show up. And uh, we're going to begin a conversation and begin uh, to talk about how we create and organize um, uh, meaningful small groups here. So I challenge you as you uh, go forth this day, having heard or at least been challenged to think about what it means to be that you go forward from here, share the love and the grace, inviting, encouraging, and challenging them to connect with God, to grow in their relationship so that they might discover how God has gifted them so that together we can all make a difference in the lives of people in our community and throughout the world. I should have told you all to come on forward. Now you got to do that all over again. Sometimes this may seem like a meaningless ritual, I hope not, uh, because as uh, the acolytes go forward with the light, it is a reminder to us that we go into the world empowered by the light of Christ that is in, within us. Uh, let us, let's go into the world. What do you say? <laughs>